You ever want to know what's going on in the real estate market from somebody who's actually in it? Not just national headlines or news channels that just want to stoke fear, but what's really actually going on? And how do things kind of operate in the real estate world? Well, you found the right spot. I'm Michelle Vogel, and this is The Realtor Lady, and I will tell you everything you want to know about real estate from my perspective here where I sit in Santa Cruz, California. So tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with The Realtor Lady. Hey there, it's Michelle, and you are with The Realtor Lady, and I have another Realtor Lady with me today, Brandy Jones. Brandy specializes and is certified in short sales and pre-foreclosures. And because this is something that's coming about, even maybe not necessarily here in Santa Cruz, but as a conversation in real estate, I wanted to circle back on these things that happen in real estate. And I've invited Brandy to come on and give a professional explanation of these terms explain them and then go over. Hopefully we can get some updates on Santa Cruz if anything happening much here. And then Brandy's also going to uh, review a bill that's in the state Senate that we should be aware of. Hopefully we don't get too technical on that. That might be a yeah. little hard to understand. I know you and I talked about it and I was like, what? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Take it away, uh, and, and 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 of course, add anything um, that you want to add to that introduction. But welcome, welcome. Thank you. I, for well, being thank on. you so much for having me. I mean, the history that we have—we've worked together for many, many years, and it's an—I love this podcast idea. It's uh, we're an information era that's turned into a technological era, which is a technological information era, and so I think it is important to understand property rights and what they mean and. Unfortunately, what we're talking about is what are your property rights when you have a mortgage and you don't pay your mortgage? And California, in general, has been a very easy state for the homeowner to have time to not lose their house to foreclosure. We very rarely see what we call judicial foreclosures, which requires a court, but we do have a long and tedious process before a bank can take a property back. So, and that would be for, for, so, yeah, wait, foreclosure is the bank taking... The actual event the, of foreclosure is the day that the house is put up for sale on the courthouse steps after various processes and forms and documents that are re regulated by law. And at that time, that bank can sell it for whatever price they can get on the courthouse steps. So we, back in the era when most of us lived through 2008 to 2012, when the market we'll call it crashed at that time, where we really see a crash when I mean, we had a real problem with the banking systems and we had to save the banks. And so then, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people lost their jobs. There was a, there wasn't, it wasn't just a hundred percent financing people who went through short sales. There was a lot of sophisticated people who had multiple properties that had to sell or, or lose their for, home in foreclosure. So the foreclosure is actual event. What happens before that is called pre-foreclosure. And that's a soft word. But you'll hear words thrown out like notice of default, notice of trustee sale, notice of sale. Those all have timelines right. and limits. So typically, let's just go really quickly, not too deep. If I'm a homeowner and I did not pay my mortgage, which in 2008, I lost my job. But maybe in 2020, I also lost my job, you know, due to COVID. So I haven't made my payments. I have somebody that I owe debt to. And 
now they in California, there's not a specific amount of time until they give you what's the first step is a notice of default. They do have to let you know you're delinquent, but a notice of default is recorded. I am saying this because I want your audience to keep that in mind because when we talk about the Senate bill, there's some key pieces that are going to be removed if this passes. So this allows the homeowner to maintain their property rights, even though they're delinquent, try to sell the property on their own terms, but still have to deal with the fact that they may be losing their house at the foreclosure steps. So the bill would take away those rights to actually kind of control the process? Well, let's just go back to basic property rights. In general, you think you're buying a home and when you buy it with all cash, you have no encumbrances or you have no liens. You don't owe anybody any money. So property right. is used to leverage the ability. Most of us have a home loan to get into a home because we don't have this kind of money just to pay. Many people do, but most people have some sort of a lien. And in that process that we're talking about, you're still a homeowner till the day the bank takes it away. The bill mm. is trying to act and force you to do things before they take it away in that on that day of the foreclosure. And so they're, the oh. bill is going to give the lender more rights than the property owner. And I think that's what's getting more and more dangerous, in my opinion. It's, you know, property rights are, in my opinion, have been under attack for a little while to protect big entities. And I believe, along with, I, and I, I work with a lot of attorneys, that if you don't read this bill, you will actually think it's helping people the way that the summary is described. And that's what I get a little passionate about. I really want people to be educated. That's why I love what you're doing. I think this conversation is a difficult conversation. I know back in the last recession we had, people would not tell anybody, especially in this county. Just think about California is expensive already, but we're in the Silicon Valley. People would hide and people are still hiding. I mean, I can just tell you some of the stats. Already we're seeing, let's just talk about what is today's, today I think we have 268 active listings in Santa Cruz County on the market. So for sale. Right. I think it's 286, something like that. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's been hovering around there anyway, every Monday. Yeah. Day. So right. the amount of properties that are in foreclosure, that means they have not been, they're delinquent and they've been served a notice of default. So it's recorded. That's how I can tell how many we have. We have around 110. Wow. So just think about if we want to go back to this bill, because I know we're jumping. Now, go back I, to Santa Cruz. I'm going to, I want to back you up though. What is recorded? The notice of default or what what's been recorded in that 110 so of the 110 those are the single those are the properties that are quote unquote in foreclosure of all of those so remember the linear timeline is i can't make my mortgage payment there's an unknown amount right. of time until the bank serves you with a notice that is recorded at our county it's called a notice of default default mm -hmm. now a lot of people get confused because you get a lot of notices that you're in default but a notice of default is recorded and it sets a timeline off. So after you have your notice of default, they have to wait 90 days before they can note, give you a notice of when they're going to sell it called a NOT, notice of trustee sale. And then they have 21 mm -hmm. days until they can sell it. So that's the legal process of a foreclosure. What this bill would like to do is get rid of those processes and take control of the property, select their own realtor, sell it on their terms. But they're guising it as the property owner has the right to do that. Now, it doesn't address like how they have to be approved. The way it's addressing it is the bank can take over the sale while the homeowner still 
legally currently has all their property rights, even though they're delinquent. So this is waiving all your property rights because you have a delinquency. Now, the belief is that there's a lot of economists that are looking at this bill. And again, it's guys to say, well, the homeowner can sell their property. We will help them sell it. We'll select our agents. And it gets really into the minutia of it. But the reality is, Michelle, you and I know the bank's not going to necessarily hire us. Remember back in the day, they had foreclosure agents from LA selling houses up here. And if we have 111 and they actually start making these go on the market, which is fine, that does say that it has to have an appraisal and it has to you know, sell for the appraised price. But again, it's taking money out of our community. I can't guarantee who, what realtors they're going to pick because they've always picked somebody that had to qualify for Bank of America or Wells Fargo. I was so passionate about getting people out of foreclosure as much as possible, which usually landed on a short sale. So in right now, people, what the bank is doing is people have equity in their homes. That's why there's not necessarily <laughs> a short sale in Santa Cruz County. But because it's okay. delinquent, the bank is forcing them to sell their property. But the other thing I want to add with them picking their realtor is they're going to charge the realtor. They're actually going to charge the realtor a referral fee. It, so they're going to they're going to kick back all the way around. They're going to sell it to a company who sells it to them. And I, I, I see where this is going. This is a cash cow for them. It's totally cash cow. They're getting in front of something. And the problem is, I think it's going to, again, I've said it already and I'll say it again. You should fight for your rights. You should have the right to sell your property with whoever you want. And I definitely can tell you, and any professional realtor that's been in the business will tell you that local realtors sell more property at higher prices than somebody out of town. They present them better. They know people. It's not just an online business. Yes, 99% of all buyers start online. And then further with this bill is if you don't get an offer the way you know, you're willing to accept it, then you have to sell it at an auction online. So there's any complete control of how you choose to sell your property and get your own equity, which I think is important. Yes, you need to pay your mortgage. And here's where the biggest problem is right now. A lot of these people took the program that they were offered, which was the uh, forbearance program when COVID came out. And so they really thought that amount would be put on the back of their loan. So right. since I have attorneys that I'm working with, with client, my own clients, they're like, hey, I was out of a job. I have a job now, but they told me the whole time that I was, you know, it would be put on the back. Then we know when we went through it that there was other things that would show up. Oh, well, you didn't make your payment. So we don't trust that you actually made your insurance payment. So we're going to get insurance for you and we're going to bill you for that, but we're not going to let you pick that provider either. And just keep in mind, what I'm really addressing is full control by the lender. And I want mm -hmm. to fight against that because it's already hard enough we went through a pandemic. And I understand that you owe the money, but I have a really gut feeling like last time, there's some sneaky things that benefit the banks more than they benefit the homeowner. The other thing is, and I don't know if you've looked into this much, but what alarmed me before and I see happening again, especially if there's equity, is the idea that the bank will come up with a million junk fees to cut into that equity. That, that bothered me before when we were working together on these and I could see it coming. Is there any way that Biden's junk fee law might cut into that? Or is it just strictly probably credit cards? And I mean, there's just fees on everything, you know, 
there I got a uh, a resort fee at a hotel that had no resort amenities. You know, it's those kind of things. There's just these fees popping up on everything. And I would imagine that the banks are just giddy with paperwork fees or the the uh, Paperwork Cancellation Act fee. I mean, you know, and then, you know what I mean? It's just so ridiculous. So I'm going to just take that back a second so everyone understands what you're saying. Let's say back in the day, we things were underwater. So it was a short sale. And so if you got lucky enough, somebody had to prove that they were underwater, they had no job. And by the time you closed, not only did the bank get paid from the buyer, so the, you know, that's great. It saved the seller their credits. It, you know, allowed them to not go through foreclosure. It did a lot of good things for a lot of people. But having said that, it's, you know, um, when you look at the closing statement, it's not only paying off the loan, it's paid, and they didn't want to pay full price for a realtor, and we'll get back to that. And all these other fees, like a processing fee and another fee, and by the time you get the payoff, they've got like 20% or about 50% more than what their loan balance was. Yeah, yeah. And that that worries me as we go into this. If you know, I'm hoping there won't be very many, of course, but when there's equity, there's more ways for them to figure out how to get in the pocket. Yeah. So in my opinion, where I think it's going to show up is that there's equity, there's more money in the pocket. They want it done sooner than later. Why I think this is important to understand is I think that's an indicator that there's a recession coming. They want to force the person to sell it before the time frame California legally tells them that they can foreclose the banks. So that's why I think it's important to understand these bills that go through because I do think they think a recession is coming. And they started this bill last year. Interesting. Well, interest rates went down a bit, may go even lower. That might give these people a chance to refinance, even if, you know, they do have a job now. Yeah, you know, these there are great lenders that you can refer people to to help. There are great attorneys you can refer people to as well as me, myself. You know, we've got great resources. Yeah. This is another reason why I love being on this podcast, because you and I fight for our community the best that we can. We're not your average realtor. Like, we're not fancy. We're real. Literally. And we care about the little itty bitty town home to mobile home to manufactured home to again, I know you guys are going to throw up in your mouth again, property rights at, to the you know $15 million <laughs> properties. And we work with our community. We want to build our community. We want our contractors getting the job. We want our realtors getting the job. We want our lenders getting the job. And our community doesn't have to be just Santa Cruz County, but ideally it would be the Monterey Bay area. Tell me how... Um, it works now. Are they selling them on the courthouse steps or is it online? I've seen people down there and then the Santa Cruz record says they're down there. Where Where is this happening? Both. So what's okay. legally happening is if somebody didn't pay for it online, well, they have to have, in order to sell it, they still have to stand on the, somebody has to go, hear ye, hear ye, this property is now in foreclosure. Who would like to make a payment? They can have online bids that the bank is willing to take. But at that point in time, yes. Help. so it's it's both so you 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 make your bid do you have to do both or you can Everything stand there is and... different but i if i were now i'm gonna flip <gasps> this and let's say i was an investor i would definitely right. you know pay attention most of the time what you do is you go down with cashier's checks and you buy it off the courthouse steps where people got smart investors got smart is they get a list of who's you know potentially right now in foreclosure and then they'll they'll come in and they'll give them a below market value just to get out of the deal just to get out of the problem. And a lot of times there's some accuracy. A lot of these people were on the fringe. 
And now they've been six months delinquent. And it's just like, even with a job, being even one month delinquent can make a lot of people have a drastically different life. And so forgiveness would have been nice. But I, you know, this is not my money. This is the bank's money. Yes, they borrowed it. Yes, they signed off on it. Uh, but I think that being the advocates for, you know, this community and the people that play here, watching what they may do will be interesting. But that goes back to the buyer side. Well, the buyer's like, it needs to deflate anyway. I mean, I know you have buyers. I have buyers. So I tell people in the big picture, it's not that we lose money per se out of the market because people are freaking out about a lot of things. It's the money moves. It shifts. Every time there's a shift in the market, there's a new purchaser. Yes, when the market does change and it's a recession, the, the prices are going to drop. But who has money then? Is it going to be an all-cash investor? Or is it going to be somebody who can afford a loan right now? So you, every move in our market has a new amount or, of new consumers or a shift. And so as a realtor, I'm not worried about this next market. I think if you keep on top of your client database and you, you stay in touch and you stay in touch at inventory and understand what's going on, and we just went through an election cycle. You pay attention to election cycles and what's going on. These are great free ways to stay in contact with your, your clients. You can even reach out and say, are you having any mortgage issues? I know it's embarrassing and help get in front of it for them. Well, that was that was one of the things I was going to bring up just to make sure that people understood, please you know, don't feel shame, just go get help because the bank will, they will, they will take advantage of you. Make sure you get somebody who is on your side. Cause it may be that you don't lose the property. Yeah. When we're stressed, which we all have been, and we all go through trauma, we go through fight, flight and freeze. And most people don't recognize freeze. So if you're frozen and you can't, you just don't want to think about it. You're burying your head. You're like one more glass of wine. Then I'll think about it tomorrow. Then, you know, you have something going on. So I would say, just pretend it's your health. If you don't feel well, go get it checked before it turns into stage four cancer. Because unwinding this, I mean, I'm not asking people to sell their homes right now, but it might be, it, 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 I'm asking people to talk to a professional to help them understand what their options are. Yeah, even just, um, and you know, and I offered, of course, we, we've done that before, is get on the phone with the bank with them because they talk in circles or, you know, people get intimidated. Attorneys are not that expensive to guide, to help you either. Just call and see what they would, you know, a lot of times you involve an attorney because attorneys have letters and they're prepared for this new wave and what's going on. Because I would say an attorney would be the first call because you may have gotten a ton of paperwork and you're like, I just keep getting these notices. I don't know what's going on. Of course, always call the bank, but I would say yes. And talk to your realtor, talk to somebody, your realtor, your lender, an attorney first. Before you don't try to decipher because there's fakes out there. Uh, well, there's that too. There's fakers. Oh my gosh. Everyone has to remember yeah. the banks are massive. So you're talking to a call center. So getting through to somebody that actually can answer these questions. And they were sneaky in my opinion. Now, clearly you can see I'm trying to protect the consumer from big money. But I also understand that we're a big economy. So we do need big banks. But there's a fine line in my opinion. And they get sneaky when they say, they say, I never said that, or you never got it in writing. And there are a lot of ways they have it in writing. So, you know, people are like, I'm not going to spend money on attorneys. Attorneys are not that scary. It's, you know, yeah, we don't have it. You, know, you might have insurance to go to the doctor to check out something to make sure you're healthy. This is the same thing, but to get as much money out of things, you know, depending on who you hire, you really might spend $300 or 
or 350. And I know it's a lot of money for some people, but call them first and see how long the consultation will be. And I, it will at least allow you to take, to see what's really going on. And so just letting the tidal wave start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Cause I'm not a big wave surfer. I will take the baby waves. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, would you suggest if a, 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 a homeowner was concerned that the bank was going to overarch on these actions, like can they just list it and override them, them getting a realtor? Like I'll just list it. Cause I know that I have a few have had a few transactions in the last two years that they were like, Oh no, you listed it. You're that's your realtor. Actually. Now you have to take her advice. It wasn't like you have to, but it was like you did the right thing because somebody was coming after you. And now you kind of have a little bit of a, a halo as it were, or a, a little protection. Is there any protection of just listing it saying, Hey, Brandy, Michelle, these are two people you could say, I don't know if I'm really going to sell, but I would like this protection. Is that, is that an idea? Well, the way the bill would be written, it that is very gray that they could hire their own person. So that in the beginning, in the first 30 days, you can, but if again, it's gray. And then it says, if he hasn't sold, then they get the choice to take it over and sell it the way they want to. It, again, it's great. And they say, well, if you're in default in the thir first 30 days, they have the right to pick the realtor. So I don't know if that's mandatory or what the choice is. This bill is still being edited. So I would say best case scenarios. Yeah. This person can just say a lot of times people just don't have any place to go. I mean, the rental market's hard too. And, you know, talking to a professional, it's like, yeah, they may tell me the best thing for me to do is sell my house right now, but where am I going to go? Yeah. And that's where a lot of times people get stuck. They don't want to, in their mind, they do not want to lose their home. So having them have the choice to sell is great. And when the banks want to escalate people getting frozen, and I think it's in an unfair way. And it's not clear yet if this bill passes where they have the, to draw the line that they get to say whatever they want when they want. So it's, it's drafted out, but it's not passed yet. It's got to go to the House. So this is, an, uh, this is a Senate bill. SP 1323. Oh, wait, what was that? SP? SP is important, yeah, Senate Bill 1323. Okay, I'm going to put that in the show notes. Um, I get calls all the time of people wanting to buy these houses. And my impression is the investor groups have gobbled up most of these properties or they seem to be so on the ready how possible is it for somebody to even get one? So I'm going to rephrase that question. You have buyers asking. So you're not talking about a realtor getting into the listings. You're just talking about a buyer purchasing. Okay. So, well, they have their buyers, you know, and they're like, go find me a foreclosure. I had, a, I had a bunch of calls during COVID where people are like, oh, go get me a foreclosure because I know the market's going to crash. And I was like, it's not Well, crashing. Most people misunderstand what foreclosure is. So let's just thank Zillow for that. So Zillow used to say pre-foreclosure or foreclosure. So now they used to say just foreclosure. Now it's pre-foreclosure. That is still, right. the owner still owns the property. So they don't exist unless the owner decides to sell them. So you don't get to go directly to the bank currently and say, I know this house is underwater. They are they, not underwater. They haven't made their mortgage payment. I'm going to bypass the homeowner and go to the bank and buy it. That's not it. That's not what's happening. That's that's possible could be a you know, a result of this bill passing. But currently, right now, if somebody wants what they think is a, a value, 
They want to, they, you know, there are always value-seeking people. Right now, the way that you're going to do it is you're going to have to find things off market because, you know, or you're going to have to, you know, look at Zillow and have your realtor reach out to them and see if they're willing to sell right now. There's no way to force them to sell right now. No, I didn't actually mean that. I meant um, going on the courthouse steps. How easy is it really to beat these people who set up in the last? Okay. I got what you're saying. I mean, because they're, they're, there is somebody in my office that works for a group that goes from about, I think it's from like Bakersfield. Up oh yeah. To... No, his group is massive. They have like $200 million that they spend and they have wide. And they're just like, yeah, they have very yeah. wide variances. So for example, if you're looking for a more inexpensive house, let's listen, understand everyone. You can go to the courthouse steps, but you don't get a loan. You have to take a cashier's check. So if they're selling it for 580 or 1 million or 1.2 or 2 million, that is a cashier's check. So that so what that did is it made these big funds go right. around and hire people we know to buy all these with very they didn't have to have big margins because this is all about volume. This is a Walmart version type of buying houses. And I think it's very quiet. I don't think people understand that. So when they, they most of the people who still want to buy one of these don't understand they have to pay cash. That's usually number 1. True. But number two is they don't realize the competition that they have. These are very uh, swift, professional people that just have their, you know, they have the, the pulse down there. They're on it. You know, that's the other it's thing, even, too, is this is it's very fast moving. It's, it, it, and again, remember, these are the things that being in the trenches, I definitely sound like I have some opinions. And here's another one from the guys and girls that go down there to buy. These big funds will just beat you to beat you because they don't want you. They they will intimidate you. Because they have so much money. Let's say there's this really cute house on the west side. And it's, you know, you've got enough money. And it, it's, you probably could go up an extra certain amount of money. They will go up because it's all hidden. You, you know, Well, I mean, you have to come say what your amount of money you have. Meaning, and so they'll just outbid you. They will outbid you enough because you don't you didn't bring enough money. Because when they say this case, this case is now open, this property is now for sale. This is the bank's, you know, their formal dialogue that they say, hear you, hear you. This is the foreclosure steps. You have to okay. log in and tell them your cashier's checks. So that way when you're bidding and they're moving it up, everyone knows what everyone else has. Interesting. Yeah, so so you have to put in your cashier's check and the amount and everybody sees it, but then you'd actually have to have another cashier's check to go up to the next amount yes. or you could have two cashier's oh, yeah, checks. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. have your million and it goes yep, to a million yep. too. Okay. Yeah. However, I always gonna... meant to go and I never went. Have you ever oh, gone? Yeah. I used to go all the time. Oh, really? I don't I don't know if I'm even interested in that at all. You but. know, it was just part of understanding that whole circle of owning a home during that t era. And, uh, you know, at the time, there are always foreclosures. And there are always going to be investors that are going to be monitoring the foreclosure steps. Just every county in California, it's, it's, a, it's a business model. And we had some old-time good investors that kept the properties in the communities. And then after the market crashed, then most of your, actually most of your foreclosures go to these big companies right now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, um, I actually sold a property that I didn't actually say anything to anybody. I'm not even sure if the listing agent was aware, but it was in default. And um, when we got a little further down the way, I think I mentioned it to the buyer. I don't remember if I did, but I was kind of like, 
they they did fine, but it was something that nobody was really even talking about. But they were at a point where they really needed to sell quickly. I don't think we got it for less. We just made a good offer and we we started going really quickly because that seller knew. So there are those as well. Yeah, I'd sold a property and, you know, this is this is for the realtors that might be watching this or anyone. Read your preliminary title report. Your notice of default is on that. And it was summertime, 2021. And it was in default. And it, it had like 45 days till the sale date. And we closed just in time with a loan. And the seller got not very much money, probably maybe like $5,000. That's how long they were in default and how long it took. And the per- And the purchaser knew it. And... There was no negotiating room at that time. You know, this is what she needs yeah. to do to clear it. And it's on the title report and the title company will, you know, verify this is, you know, whether she got that amount or not is that I won't see that part, but yeah, no, it's, they're f- few and far between, but here's what it is. It's an opportunity to buy something because there are buyers right now. And the biggest complaint is high prices and nothing to buy. <laughs> and, nothing to buy. and so this, yeah. you know. Again, I didn't make the system. We all signed a mortgage that said, you know, if we're in default, the bank has the right to take it back. And if they get to a place where they can't solve that problem, you know, this is still a pretty good market, still a pretty good place to potentially not be underwater, you know. And get out. Um, And then I was looking through, I actually looked up the list on the Santa Cruz record. There was like 16 of them there, pretty far down the pike, and they're probably they're going to auction. And I looked one of them up. This guy had been fighting with the bank, I guess, and going back and forth for what looked like eight years. A lot of times you can stop these things with bankruptcy. That's what I was saying. You should really talk to an attorney because you might have a business loan that's attached to this and you might have other things that... Okay. All kinds of lending typically uses your property as leverage, mm-hmm. as a, you know, a collateral item. They're not going to necessarily leverage your car because most people don't actually own their car. They have a lease on their car or, or you know, a payment on their car. Right. So the thing that's real, it's called real property. It's called real estate. It, and so you might have somebody, we're very sophisticated around here. You might have a home equity line that you had to borrow during COVID and now you can't pay it back. And it's that second lien that's causing the problems. And so it's really frustrating when you're like, I've been a citizen of Santa Cruz County for 25 years, been a good worker or even five years, it doesn't matter. And I got took, I had so much equity, I took it out because I needed to pay my employees or do something. I didn't get that, you know, whatever they chose to do. They took the money out. Now they've got these two liens and, and a problem because they, they couldn't pay certain things back. That's one of the things that can happen to people. So it's not necessarily people that just lost their jobs. It's not just them. It's not just the elderly or the disenfranchised. It's, it is often thought of that these foreclosures are for, the, the, the group of people that are, you know, underemployed or underwell or so it's, it affects everyone. And that's why. Well, and divorces too. I mean. And death. Death, divorce. And there's a lot of things that call, cause hardships. And divorces are really difficult. Imagine going through a divorce and then trying to figure out it's, I don't, you know, you and I've gone through it. It's really hard because realtors are not attorneys. You don't have to have two realtors in a divorce case to sell a property. You need one realtor and the attorneys need to make sure you guys agree on how to move forward. And a lot of times it's just a spite game. So. I, I did a transaction this summer and I was just like, I just wish they would 
the wife had hired one and the husband had hired another. And the, and then we just dealt because the back and forth between it was, it was horrendous. The buyers were worn out. It was just really tough. And I just felt like, you know what, either one didn't feel like their interests were really being taken care of. So we, it was taken out on us. Yeah. There are a lot of people that choose, like, I want my own realtor, especially, I mean, if your marriage is ending, something happens. So they want their own representation at some point. And they don't want to feel like you're doing a secret deal with their soon-to-be ex. And, you know, unfortunately, like I said, we're real. We're professionals. But, you know, our industry does have this have this kind of stigma that we're salesmen. And that we'll do anything for our money first. And that's that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. Not for every, yes. Um, just an aside, one of my very first, my first 10 transactions, the the they weren't married yet the girlfriend absolutely hated me call me the realtor and she actually is the inspiration for why i was called the realtor lady because it was like i can't talk right now i want the realtor lady and um Oof. i found out later her husband left her for a realtor <laughs> and that's why i was the evil villain even though i was just i mean i was doing everything and and when they wanted to back out of a property i was like do it if this is not for you let's go and i was had the coach in the background going, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, they don't want to buy the house. They need, they need space. I know I did a good job, but I could never get, I could never get past this, you know, because she just didn't feel like I had her best interest because she had a really bad experience. So it's, our job is very interesting. Yeah. That side note is just, it's truly for everyone and, and almost in any personal industry, but everyone needs to remember we're, we're not employees. We're, we run our own business. We may work for a brokerage, but we, we, we run our own businesses and a lot of independent contractors. It is personalities, personality, personality. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, like you said, your coaches like, don't let that go. A lot of people can't let it go because sometimes business is business. And sometimes people think this business is to build new friendships and not sell. So I get why a coach would be like, you need to stay on your dollars and cents as a business plan. But at the end of the day, we're also, we're in the business of humans. And, you know, I know that if there's a wall that they, no one's going to get around, there's just better ways to help, help that client. And so people don't necessarily care, go sell my house and do your job and call me when I have an offer. You know, there's people like that and they don't, they don't need that special touch and there's a realtor for them. I, that's not me, but that's okay if that's your style. There's a business statement and you guys can read the, it's called the pumpkin plan and it's pretty fun. He's the guy's funny, really funny. And I'm just going to leave it at that. The pumpkin plan is a really good book. But it really talks about you have three types of business you can be. Three, literally. And you cannot be all three. So one would be like your quality customer care. It's like your Nordstrom, like your high-end cabinet makers, you know, like somebody that comes in and fits your clothes and has your style and has your outfit ready next. I mean, quality, quality, quality. Then your next one is going to be efficiency. I, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, McDonald's is the cheapest. No, McDonald's is not cheap. It's efficient. You drive in, you drive out. But then there's the cheap, the most valued, get the best price, the lowest price. And that's like your Walmarts. So does the same thing with us as realtors. It's the same thing as when you're hiring someone. Where do they, where does, do they land on that? You can have one with a wing of another, but you cannot be all three. So I'm definitely quality. I think you can tell because the quality of knowledge that I have for people with a wing of efficiency. I want it to be efficient. I want your stress levels to be as low as possible. I want you to be educated so you can make your decisions. 
I am not value. You will not get me to do this for less than what's standard. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to pay more just to get your listing to have my name on it. I'm not saying that's an, a not a bad pro. Like some people love volume. Some people don't care. The, that's just not who I am. And I think being aware of who you are as a consumer and what you need, and you don't have to have the same one for everything, but I definitely know who I am as a business owner. Yeah, I would say I'm quality service and efficiency. Just, I, I just, it bugs me if it doesn't get done or if it doesn't get attention to it. And then there's other agents I work with and it's like, how can you go a whole weekend without answering these questions? It would take you five minutes to answer them. We would all be done and move on. But no, we have to belabor this whole process three more days for whatever you're doing. So anyway, well, I really appreciate having you on and uh, talking about what's going on in the market. It, it still sounds like we might just be at the level where 110, is that just normal or a bit above normal? We always have a constant flow well, or is that a little it's high? It's also the ones that you have. Well, it's higher than it used to be. I will say I saw it jump in July. And it jumped okay. to 70. And now, mind you, a lot of these are newer that say notice is a default. But these people were in default before. So these are actually really hard to tr and tricky to track. I didn't track which ones are new in the, this last month. So I'm just saying okay. these, somebody got to notice a default at some time. And it is recorded on a program you can look at, and it will tell me 110 or whatever it is. That doesn't mean they're new as of this month. But that is, that's, you know, we, we were pretty good for a while where we maybe had like, I don't know, 10 a month, 20 a month. Okay. And again, these don't, not all of these have the velocity to be sold as a foreclosure. I mean, that banks have really kind of held off on foreclosing to, as far as they can, you know don't have to use the 21 day rule and go, they can wait longer. Uh, yeah. I've seen a few of those. I definitely seen a few of those. I've been, um, now when I look at a property, I go and I look at just the bare bones MLS records just to mm -hmm. see what's going on here and all, you know, kind of keeping a pulse on the market that way too, but I haven't seen a lot. Well, I really appreciate your time today. And, um, we have uh, an attorney referral we can put in the show notes. Sure. Okay. That might be a good thing to do. I really. And then you're. I like Simmons and Purdy in SoCal. Simmons and Purdy's. They're really, really good advocates for people. Okay. And then they have resources. Simmons. So if somebody does need to go through bankruptcy, they have attorneys, really good attorneys for that. They. What that's I like about awesome. them too is they're not the kind of attorney that's going to tell you. They're going to help you try to keep your property first before they. They're going to try to help you do what you want. That's where they start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they start there. Oh, well, I mean, if you want to, that's right. where you want to go or or they might, yeah. right? Um, and then you're going to come back in January and give us an update on the bill. No, I mean, it we'll might, probably take another look at what's going on too. Yeah, let's, you know, I'm not quite sure the exact date that this is going to keep going, plugging on through to the house. Uh, and so you and I will touch base and just, you know, yeah, I'll be back January to update everybody on everything. And it can be short and sweet or however long you want it to be. But I can't guarantee that that will. So, That'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 And then, um, yeah, we can just get a little update and and start the new year. Uh, hopefully, it's not going to be too crazy. <laughs> just a, I don't I know. know. Like, the interest rate and the lack of inventory. Define crazy. I, felt, I swear. I swear. Oh. I'm just like, I survived this last month. And then I was like. I get a few weeks and I'm like, okay, this is not, you know, just, we're all tapped out. 
it you know everybody is just you, you don't go through a global pandemic and then go through all the little nuances of just daily life and then have inflation and all these other things come on in worldwide news and so we're all yeah. i feel yeah. like we're all uh a little hyperspeed hyperstressed and so i hope everyone for the holidays can really take a deep breath you know sounds corny but be grateful yeah just relax yeah, <laughs> grateful and i don't know what the intensity that's going to show up from the exterior but if we don't stay calm i'm not saying it's easy don't get me wrong i think we're gonna have a i think what's gonna be more tough than it needs to be we're, it's just we don't know what's coming and that's what makes it scary yeah as always right, right? well thank you yeah anytime Hey, it's the Realtor Lady, Michelle Replogel. Is there a subject you would like me to explore in real estate or maybe about Santa Cruz? Feel free to contact me. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you'd like me to help you buy or sell real estate, that's also something that I do. You can contact me on Instagram, Live the Santa Cruz Life, or on my website, michellesellsforyou.com. That's with one L. My Facebook page, Live the Santa Cruz Life as well. Or check out my YouTube channel, Live the Santa Cruz Life with Michelle Replogel, and my email, michelle at michellesellsforyou.com. I would love to hear from you.